0: Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the Sam's Report. What is today? Today is May 6th and we've got a really good show today. Um, Actually some really good information. People have been asking for a while about what's after Redstone and I'm actually starting to hear some new things. So I don't want to oversell it but we've definitely got the the very first inklings of what what is going on here. So to kick things off, um, if you've been following along on Twitter and everything else that I had written this week, I was actually in San Francisco. There was a SharePoint and OneDrive event. And yeah, SharePoint, yeah, not the most exciting thing in the world. But uh, and actually, to be honest, one of the questions when I went there and I sat with some of the executives, I said, hey, what are you guys going to make SharePoint? What are you going to do for SharePoint? So that when people hear it, the first thing they don't do is roll their eyes. I mean, I mean, realistically, a lot of people hear SharePoint and they're like, it's that, ugh, sort of thing. But um, it was actually a really good event. And I learned quite a bit about SharePoint and what Microsoft is doing in this space. I, actually, how big SharePoint is. SharePoint has 190 million paid licensing seats. I mean, it's a huge service. It's uh, 1 million plus developers. It's kind of this, like, quiet thing that Microsoft has that makes a ton of money. And so really, to keep it in a nutshell, uh, the future of SharePoint is just mobile apps, finally. I don't know what the heck they're waiting for that for so long. Um, deeper integration with OneDrive, uh, integration with this Microsoft Flow, and a lot of other a lot of other good stuff. But yeah, as somebody commented in uh, the chat room, they hear SharePoint like blah. And, and now I'm not a huge advocate of SharePoint. I'm not a big user, so I can't tell you everything that sucks about it. But I can tell you that the people that were there, um, a lot of Microsoft MVPs, there was a lot of like Size of relief. They said, you know what, this pro- this product is actually going somewhere that's useful and it's going to be much more user-friendly and less IT admin resourceive. So yeah, it should be good. It should be good. And that's enough about SharePoint because SharePoint to SharePoint it did hit general availability if that's your thing. Although very few of us actually roll it out. The one cool thing that did come from the SharePoint event is actually this coat. Um, people ask like what kind of swag you get and the enterprise events always have better stuff, and like this is actually a really nice coat that Microsoft gave out to everybody. So, and that was it, along with this little uh, bag thing, and there was actually a Star Wars figurine in it for May. May the Fourth be with you. It took me a minute actually to get that joke. I was like, "Why the hell is this in here?" But yeah, there we go. So that's where I was. That's what I was doing out there. Um, I actually talked quite a bit to the OneDrive people, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. Let me just make sure I have that in my notes because I don't want to forget that. So we got the OneDrive coming up. Um other things that happened this week that are of importance. Uh SQL server, if that's your cup of tea as well, is kind of in the the SharePoint and enterprise happy side of things um that did hit RTM. Oh, not RTM. If you ever catch an executive use the word RTM, let me know because they got a ton of speaker training and saying, "Microsoft, we don't say RTM anymore." Uh, and they don't even talk about shipping dates and that kind of stuff. They just—it's it, as a service. So don't use if you catch one of them uh, saying R T M. Send me a send me an audio clip or a tweet or whatever it is. I would actually love to see that because they are not supposed to use that word at all. But SQL Server. Uh, as of june 1st version 2016 will be generally available if that's your cup of tea um but that also means at the same time i should say that doesn't mean though that the sql version for linux is not available at that date so okay here we go the onedrive stuff so onedrive uh during all this announcement that you know the one thing that's actually going to want to uh play into everybody here onedrive Uh, OneDrive app is coming. They said this quarter, I was actually told it was going to be coming next week. Now they didn't officially make that announcement next week, but I would not be surprised um, based on the individuals telling me this stuff that the OneDrive app, the Universal app should be arriving hopefully next week. Um, So that's much sooner than this quarter. Actually, I think Mary Jo Foley even said this month and they told me in person next week. Now, obviously that's set up on a couple different things, but yeah. And the big question that there, there are two big questions about this OneDrive app, and I've got answers for at least one of them. Um, when I wrote about that that's coming, the first comment, I think top-rated comment said, why do we even need this app? Why? Why do we need a OneDrive universal app? Skipping past the fact that it's universal, that doesn't even play into it. Why do we need a OneDrive app? And so here is their answer, and actually this kind of makes sense, so I, I buy into this now. For me personally, when it comes to OneDrive, I do not have all my photos synced everywhere, right? It's selective sync, when you fire it up, you pick which folders, and the 300 gigs or whatever it is of photos that I have do not sync to every device. Even this PC right here, even though it's my desktop driver, um, I only keep my photos on two machines and this isn't one of them. So if I go into File Explorer and then go to OneDrive, you can't see it. You can't see those files. With the OneDrive Universal app, it's really just kind of a web view. Um, it's a much cleaner and more organized and more useful view. But when you open up the OneDrive app, you will actually be able to see that content that is not selectively synced to your local machine. So that's the big difference here. So I can go into the OneDrive app and actually browse all my files um, on my PC without opening the web, web browser. So when I was talking to them, and they said, yes, you'll be able to do this. And I said, is this your Your workaround for placeholders, and very abruptly they said no, and then they kind of like cut themselves. Uh, They said no, 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 no. This is not this is not what we consider placeholders. And then they're like, wait a minute, (laughs) because they realized they weren't supposed to be talking about placeholders. Um, And you know, we kind of got off off on this tangent, but this is not what they considered their replacement for placeholders. And they were they were not willing to confirm or deny anything, but they did really talk intricately about the issues with placeholders. For example, one of the issues that they had. Um, in Windows 8 is let's say you have a 300 megabyte Excel file. Well, actually, it is even worse than that. So if you went into, into uh, opened up Excel and went to file the file picker, placeholder files would not show up there. They wouldn't because the file wasn't local and so you couldn't grab it. So this is an issue they have to solve. And imagine if that file is 300 megs that you go and through the file picker and imagine you can see it with placeholders and they click it and it's like, well, now they got to stream down that feature or that file to be able to open it in Excel, and it could take time, and it could create a really bad user experience. So there were a lot of issues. Actually, they were very blunt and honest saying that the placeholder implementation, implementation, if I could speak this morning, was actually quite terrible in Windows 8. Uh, it, it was just at the UI level only, and there was a lot of underlying issues of, of people not knowing the files were there, not being able to control certain aspects. The file picker, if you go inside of an app trying to pick a placeholder, it didn't work. So there's a lot of issues that they had, and I actually asked them, I said, "Hey, so what about Dropbox? Dropbox is bringing placeholders," and they their ears perked up as they would because. They knew it's coming. They actually asked if I had access to it because they currently don't. It's in private testing because they really want to see actually how Dropbox solved all these issues. Um, Everything I got from this is that, yes, they are still working on them because I actually said, hey, remember that video from October where Microsoft, uh, I think it was on Channel 9, said placeholders are coming? And he said, no, no, no. And he quoted it exactly what they said. He said, a feature like placeholders that will remedy the situation will be coming, but he didn't actually specifically call them placeholders. So that's, um, that was kind of what the conversation was. I, of course I had to ask about placeholders while I was there. That's been, I've heard it's coming. Um, the, the signs that were presented to me now I'm not ever hundred percent confirmed. Um, Led me to believe that yes, they're still working on it, mostly because he had such intricate knowledge of all the details and challenges that they have to overcome or already overcame to implement this feature. And we've seen other evidence that this OneDrive stuff is coming. So it was a good trip out to San Francisco. Um, Other little tidbits about SharePoint and OneDrive stuff, not too much. I mean, it was very enterprising. Let me tell you, the crowd that's at a SharePoint event is very, very different than the crowd that is at um, a hardware launch or build event. Great people I met a fascinating amount of people who are very very much detailed and hands-on in this type of stuff. And I was there more for the business strategy. You know, how is how is Microsoft making SharePoint cool again? And some of these people were there to learn about the newest and greatest features that I, you know, was just way above my head. And I, I'm not planning to deploy SharePoint. Actually, I should make SharePoint the de facto service for, for Petri and Blue well Web so that Paul has to use it. And then I can harass Paul about SharePoint um, maybe that would be, maybe that would be a good use. Yeah. So while I was gone, uh, while I was traveling, it seemed like a long time. I was only really gone for about 48 hours, but Gabe actually said no new build this week. Uh, there's a pretty big crash bug and sad face all around, but you got to understand if it's, if it's so bad that they're not willing to push it to fastering users, which are already pretty much tempered to the idea of their machine crashing frequently. It had to have been a really bad bug. So yeah, that build not coming. Uh, hopefully we'll get something next week that would be ideal. He hasn't said or given any indication whether or not that bug has been fixed, but yeah, so here we go. But what we did learn this week, and I find this kind of interesting, is Microsoft announced that there are 300 million installs of Windows 10, which is great. Um, They're actually ahead of schedule, I believe, because they wanted to hit 1 billion uh, active machines by three years. Now, some people kept neutering this number down somebody said hey they said 1 billion within one year and that was never the announcement it was never within two years i believe it was in two to three years that that was their target so in that respect they are ahead of schedule although you would expect the adoption rate to start to feather off um as you get closer to that three-year mark because people less people are buying or upgrading and whatnot and speaking of upgrading so this is this is befuddling to me and I, i trying to understand their justification here. Maybe it's a revenue thing, but after July 29th with the anniversary update, Windows 10 will no longer be free. Uh, It'll no longer be a free upgrade. It'll be $119. So I have a couple thoughts about this one. They're doing it because it's like, Hey, if people aren't going to upgrade in the first year, they're more than likely not going to upgrade. Um, maybe that's just their justification or two. It could be that, Hey, if we actually tell them that this thing is going to end, Maybe people will really kind of jump on it and say, okay, crap, we better actually really do this now. We better actually move because if we wait too much longer, it's going to be a $119. That's the second thing. Third thing, it could be that Microsoft in mid-July would be like, you know what? Due to overwhelming feedback, we've heard that people are still having struggles to upgrade so we're gonna re- we're gonna delay the upgrade again and they're using this as a bait to get people to move faster um, i don't really know if that third option is three we'll file that one into conspiracy uh we'll file that one into conspiracy bucket but you got to remember that let's say the at the current rate they should hit around 400 ish million machines by uh, the anniversary update that's kind of like a rough guess based on how things have been going so far now, granted, there are 250, and this is a lower bit number, but we'll just say 250 million PCs uh, built, every, built and sold every single year. That number has declined. It used to be up in the 300 somewhere, but it's around 250-ish. So right there, let's just say that's 500 million uh, machines that will be built in the next two years. And if they're at 400 by um, the anniversary update, They've, they've got this, this 1 billion number pretty easily. And then you factor in things like IoT, which is just being cranked out. Uh, and everything that runs Windows 10, you've got Xbox, although I don't think that's going to add 100 million by any means. But I, I'm pretty confident that they're on track by more than most people are giving them credit for of hitting that percentage of or hitting that figure of 1 billion by 2 to 3 years. So moving on from Windows 10... Uh, Actually, this is still Windows 10. What am I talking about? So Windows 10 IT pros can no longer block updates uh, or block the Windows Store for Windows Pro. That's actually an exclusive feature now for Windows Enterprise, if that's your thing. And also speaking of the Windows Store, uh, if you want to buy apps in bulk from the Windows Store for business, that has now been enabled. And likewise, if you're a developer, you can now sell in bulk. Um, This is actually a good thing for any enterprise app that's in there or widely deployed app within a a company that you can now with one swipe of a credit card, Microsoft says more payment options will be coming soon. You can now buy uh, as many versions of that app as you want, and it'll show up under your volume purchasing uh, agreements. So let's get to the thing that probably everybody is here for, Redstone 3. Redstone 3. So where did this name come from? What is going on with it? So, okay, Redstone 3 was first quoted or cited by actually Windows Central when they were talking about their Surface phone stuff. And they said, there's going to be a focus of Windows Phone, Windows phone or Windows 10 Mobile with Redstone 3 or something to that effect. And so I had never heard of Redstone 3. Um, it had never been mentioned. We'd always heard Redstone 1 and Redstone 2 sometime next spring. So what Redstone 3 is, is Microsoft, right, has gotten away from this idea of RTM, and so they've gotten away from this idea of RTM and versioning and whatnot. And what Redstone 3 is actually just what Microsoft is internally referring to is everything after Redstone 2. And I've actually heard now, somebody mentioned there's also Redstone 4 has been tossed around before. Um, So Redstone right now is just the generic code name for the next several updates. There's no i i I thought they would probably rename it after redstone 3 but here's here's what has me really concerned actually and so i'm not quite clear on this and this is why i haven't written it up redstone 2 i was actually told was a june release date um meaning next june so this is this is what has me concerned because then that's like an annual update which is fine um but then if Redstone 2 doesn't come till June, then Redstone 3, when is, is that the next June? Is that how that is going to work? And, and this is where the clarity questions start to start to come into play because I don't quite understand what Microsoft is doing here. If you have any roadmap information, I need to get with Mary Jo again on this. We talked about it a little bit at one point, but if Redstone 2 doesn't come out until June, then Redstone 3, which was supposedly the focus of Windows 10 Mobile, could actually be a pretty far way away. Um, which has me concerned. And then you couple that information with Intel killed off their basically mobile chips. And I don't know. I, I could be wrong on this. We could see a Redstone 2 in the, in the early spring, um, and then a Redstone 3 not long after. But yeah, as somebody said in the chat room, they're now confused, as am I. But Redstone 3 is a thing. But what Redstone 3 is, is everyone's just talking about the feature set that comes after Redstone 2. It, it could still be renamed, it could still be a feature pack or something or whatever. But Microsoft is already talking about Redstone 2 Plus. And that's And that's the important bit that they're already planning beyond Redstone 2 at this point and when and all this stuff will arrive it's still way up in the air i mean you guys we got to talk figure we're talking more than a year away so this is like really like figuring things out and th- this is what i enjoy because it's it's trying to understand the roadmap microsoft is laying internally quite possibly while they're still building it if that makes sense so redstone 3 is a real thing but it's really just the second update it, just the next update after Redstone 2, we don't have a delivery date yet or an expected date, still trying to figure that one out yet. Um, but that's what is going on in the world of Redstone 3. So as Sub uh puts it, Redstone 3 is, you could call it the backlog um, of things that they look at and say, nope, this isn't going to make it into Redstone 2. Uh, they're still cramming ferociously to get everything into Redstone One. But they all know now that if they don't ship it with Redstone 1, it sounds like they've got roughly a year before it's going to arrive. And so, yeah, I I wish they would have gone back to their kind of dual updates where they have one in July and then one in November-ish. But here's here's some food for thought why they may not be doing this. If they do this two-tiered update system in a year... One of the concerns is that the fall update, or the the October-November-ish update, is the patch and bug fix. So you get features in July, and you get stability in November. And Microsoft does not want that mentality in any way, shape, or form associated with Windows 10. They want the consumer and the user to believe that whenever there's a new feature update, that it is good from day one. You don't need to wait until the service pack. And for those not familiar, there was an old saying that says, you don't install Windows until SP1 is out. And they they do not want to have any sort of connotations around that idea. So maybe that is why they're not wanting to do that. They don't want to build up the the mentality that just wait until, you know, October, November, and then you install, because then you get the stable version. So we shall see. And again, if you have any information, you know, shout out me, uh, at Sam's on Twitter, uh, DMs, whatever, find me on Snapchat too. Very simple. I think my Snapchat name is the exact same. And we can chat and go from there. So, moving on. uh, Microsoft announced this week that Windows Live Mail 2012 will not work with the new Outlook. If you're still using Windows Live Mail 2012, um, you're out of luck at this point. I don't know what to tell you. That product is, what, now four years old? If if you're on Windows 10, I just use the Mail app. It is getting incrementally better. Uh, This next update that comes out will actually make it quite a bit better. But, yeah, if that's your bag... um, you're kinda out of luck at this point. So let's see here. What else we got on the agenda? Windows 10 is coming to the Lumia icon. Uh, Thank you, Gabe. Although I can now start using that phone on the insider previews, but it's not the actual RTM. I don't know what they're doing, Uh, but this is like one of those bad Microsoft scenarios again, where communication is not great for them. It's, they said it's not happening. Then they said, I think the exact same day, we're considering it and now, oh, it's there. so there you go. Lumia icon can now get on the preview builds and whatever, if that's your thing. So Vine, Vine, I was gonna call it Vive. I was looking at the HTC Vive earlier. Uh Vine is now a universal Windows platform app. Microsoft seems to be getting some good uh some good traction behind this stuff. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, uh, we've now got Vine, we've got OneDrive coming out next week. They're actually finally making, I know I've said this a million times, but they're finally making the store actually a decent place. So, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Vine is now coming. Interesting here, there was a new Paint app from Microsoft Spotted. I think uh, WM Power user spotted this. uh, Spotted in the Windows Store. You can't quite download it yet, but it looks like they're actually gonna update Paint. I love Paint. Good job, guys. Um, Actually, they're moving all of their classic apps. I haven't seen Notepad show up, but they're pretty much taking anything that's a .exe Microsoft property that they can within reason and putting it into the Windows Store, so that's really cool. Actually, I like that, and I hope that Paint gets some new nifty features, and it becomes you know the legendary classic application is good. And what else? Uh, oh, this is actually pretty serious. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably already know this but make sure you turn on two factor authentication with your outlook.com app or any email app for that matter. There was a comprom- There was a, a hacker or a group that says they had compromised a bunch of email accounts across all of the services. And yeah, make sure you have two factor authentication on. And that way your password is not the only way to get into your account and everything is fine. Uh, last big item here before we, we can jump to questions. Don't put them in yet. Cause it's hard for me to read questions and chat at the same time. But, uh, big thing that happened this past week is actually that Chrome overtook IE as the most popular browser. Now, this headline has gone around a couple times, but it's never come from this one source. The the one source and the reason why I trust this one, um, actually, I should say the reason I'm using this source is because Microsoft many, many years ago told me that net applications was a better measure of browser usage than, say, stat counter, which is stat counter said this happened a long time ago. But net applications, which Microsoft told me at one point was the better tool to use to monitor web stuff, has said that Chrome has overtaken Internet Explorer. Now, granted, Windows 10 uh, launching with well 300 million users uh, is no longer using Internet Explorer. It's not a big surprise, but I really think it goes to show how big Chrome actually is. Is that Chrome is now pretty much the de facto browser for the desktop, and Microsoft is struggling to compete. We'll see if the Windows 10 anniversary Edge stuff uh, makes a difference, but the Edge right now is still not nearly as good as Chrome. Um, We can see Microsoft getting aggressive with this stuff by saying that Cortana searches now can only use Edge and Bing, which granted they can do that because they're not under the the gun of the European Union. So yeah, this this is kind of a big deal. Um, And I'll be curious to see what else Microsoft does to get aggressive about this. They can finally do it again, but there we go. So if anybody has any questions in the chat room, now is like a really good time to ask because I can finally pay attention as we kind of just wrap things up here. So what is going on for the remainder of the Microsoft year? We got to remember Microsoft's year end is 630, which is the end of their fiscal year, which has a lot of things. Now, granted, they're not going to shove things out that aren't ready. But what we will actually see is a lot of managers and everything trying to get hit their milestones because budgets are based off of year-end and also your bonus is based off of year-end performance. So as we get closer to 630, uh, see things that will go on. Um, One question that says, okay, the centennializing, when will that be finished? So that's that's really a multi-part question. The centennializing is a bridge which is completely separate from uh, the released cadence of windows 10 per my understanding so i don't think it's ever really done uh, it, it's just going to be ongoing microsoft is going to work to make it better they want to obviously get as many apps as they can in and to the best of their ability and yeah so sen- the centennializing of things i i believe like all these apps we now see in the store will hopefully come out soon because they should be nearly polished so that's that um, any more qu- news about the Xbox stuff? Nothing that I can share yet. I'm still working on that. Uh, it's been pretty quiet. I know that my news made it away. It's around the Xbox room pretty quickly after it got published out, but no, nothing to share on, on the Xbox just yet. Uh, is it possible the release date of Redstone tied to the July date of the free update? Yeah, I, I would think it actually is, um, from Bighorn, uh, TN Bighorn. He said, is the release in July... For redstone 2 um i i you know scooped last week scooped whatever you want to call it end of july is when redstone 2 is going to come out i would imagine it's right around july 29th and it's going to be one of those things you turn off uh the november update and they turn on redstone 2 and they shut down the free update so so somebody asked is this is a really good question by sub Zadox? this is actually a really really good question they said is microsoft going to make office a true universal app I have wondered this for a very long time. Um, and I have wondered when they were going to port fully port Office to the Windows Store. I think it makes complete sense. Why wouldn't they be doing this? They want everything in the Windows Store. Why isn't Office in the Windows Store? I mean, how you can't even buy Office through the Windows Store, so that's the first issue. But I truly think that we will eventually see Office move its way to universal Windows platform. I don't think it's going to be right away. Because they have a couple considerations here, right? Windows 7 is still one of the largest users of Office, probably is the largest user base of Office. Windows 7 can't run universal apps. So they have this problem of if they put everything in the universal app store, then how are they going to make it work for Windows 7 users? And then the question becomes, do they really want to support two platforms for Office? So, yeah, I, I do think they will bring Office to it. Um, I'm surprised they haven't been more communicative of this, or it might just go, I can't seem going all in on the browser because mostly for Excel, uh, Excel is the thing that holds, in my opinion, honestly, Excel is the thing that holds all of office together. And I would actually even argue that Excel is what holds windows together, because if you lose Excel, then windows, the, the power of the windows version of Excel, because it's better than what is on the phone, the tablet, or the Mac windows, Excel is the best out there. Um, so there you go. I don't know, we should see it soon though. We should hopefully hear something soon to see what their intentions are. Um, Somebody asked what phone I use. So I use a bunch of different phones, uh, depending on the week. And this is what's legitimately sitting on my desk right now is an iPhone. And I also have a Nexus, uh, whatever the Nexus 5P. 5P, is that what this is? Um, I can never remember the Nexus names, but I switch between these two actually fairly frequently. Um, I do have a 950 right here that I do use mostly for testing these days, but it's, I, I don't use it as my primary driver, mostly because that thing is on, um, what's it, on? it's on AT&T and I don't use AT&T and I can at least get the Nexus over to Verizon. So yeah, it's a 5X, 5X. I don't know why I called it 5P. I get, I, it's probably cause I looked at buying the Nexus 6P at one point, but I just opted to stay with the 5X. And so, yeah, there you go. And on that note, guys, um, I think we're going to end it here. It's been a busy, crazy week for me. I'm actually heading out of town. My wife is running a marathon this weekend out of town because she's crazy like that. But I support her and love her. And we're taking taking the kid with us. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Sam's Report. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.